If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Real Estate Podcast, the intersection between the latest trends in real estate and its impact on our everyday lives. We're your hosts, Alex Norman. And Jamie Blonde, and you've come to the right location. The real estate starts now. In today's episode, Farm to Closet, we explore the intersection between real estate and America's small towns. Today's guest is Lance Volland, the founder and CEO of Salad Bowl Clothing, a company that helps put small towns on the map while providing apparel that's rooted in community and sustainability. Lance previously had a 20-year career with Warner Brothers Studios, most recently as the Executive Vice President focused on international marketing. Lance, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, Lance. Great to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. So tell us a bit about yourself, Lance. Well, you, 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 said, uh, you said a few things, Jamie, that were right on the nose. I have a background in marketing and, and movies, um, working mostly in, at, at Warner Brothers and, and international marketing. And I grew up in the Salinas Valley, which is what sort of inspired uh, the idea for the Salable Clothing Company. And uh, I have a couple of kids. Um, I live in Long Beach, California, and now do some other consulting on the side. And uh, that's what I'm up to now. So that's a fascinating background and even a more fascinating next chapter. So how did you come up with the idea? Tell us about the the business. Tell us about the vision. Tell us about where, you're want, where you want to go and where you came from. In 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. That's it, guys. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the short, short answer to that, Alex, is that, you know, like both of you, I had a very busy job at one point where I was traveling a lot and spending a lot of time on the road and commuting and, and, um, and when I left Warner Brothers, I started thinking about things that I had always talked about doing, but never did. And starting this little kind of side hustle, kind of creative project, Salable Clothing Company was one of them. And so I decided to, um, to give it a go. And the idea really sprung out of, uh, of, you know, having grown up in this part of the world, loving it, the Salinas Valley, um, realizing that it was a beautiful place, but not quite realizing how special it was until I actually left. And so this little company is kind of an ode to that area and, and is inspired by it. Well, it goes beyond just Salinas, right? I mean, you're, you're, each t-shirt has a town on it, right? So tell us about that and tell us about what inspired you and how much research you did and what was that journey? Sure. So the, the original idea came, in, uh, came to me like in two 2004. I think I was driving through the area and it's one of those special places that, you know, when you're someplace and just reminds you of home, 
you know, it just reminds you of, of where you grew up. And, and I, I had moved away and gone to school in Santa Barbara and then moved to LA. And I was driving through the area and the, you know, the beautiful green fields and the sun setting over the hillsides and the kind of the golden mountains and the sprinklers going off in the lettuce fields. And similarly, there was a story at the time in the news that, um, that the libraries were possibly going to close in this area. And this is, this is the Salinas Valley. This is east of Eden. This is where John Steinbeck wrote, you know, he wrote about this area. And it blew my mind thinking that how could the, the libraries in this kind of rich sort of, uh, uh, you know, literary heritage, how could they be closing? You know, the, the area has a ton of money. There are a lot of very wealthy farmers and people that own land that have owned it for generations. And then contrasting to that, there are a lot of migrant farm workers who move moved to this area because it was an opportunity uh, and the libraries sort of served as a refuge for their families and their kids. And it was just kind of this dichotomy in my mind thinking, how can these not succeed? How can we not save the libraries in this area? Fortunately, the libraries didn't close um, and they're still around, but it was the idea that I thought of, okay, what if we created something that was inspired by this area, give a little bit of money back um, to the libraries, to the United Farm Workers and their scholarship funds, and hopefully make some apparel that is that is the people like. It's funny you say that because it's so true that part of the memories we have from childhood are the things that we eat, uh, the smells and tastes that we grew up with. For me, whether it was poutine, you know, cheese curds on French fries in Montreal, or it was pound de queijo, the cheese breads of Brazil, I can't go without seeing those things and not wanting to order some or having it shipped because it just brings you back to that warm feeling and those warm memories. So I can appreciate completely why you would be drawn to something like that. Absolutely. And, you know, my family moved away, but my now ex-wife's family still lives in the area. And so I would often go back um, to Salinas. My closest friends are still my friends that I met, you know, in third grade. Many of them still live in the area. So there's a strong history there and, and a love for that part of the world that, that brings me back. And to your question, Alex, it is not just Salinas. It's Salinas lettuce. It's Gilroy garlic. It is Watsonville strawberries. It is... Um, Casterville um, artichokes and greenfield broccoli. This area is known as the salad bowl of the world because they they produce, no pun intended, you know, much of the produce for the world in this in this area. They grow it there, and it's and it's beautiful. And so the idea was kind of inspired by these little towns, what they meant, what they mean to the communities, and then we designed some apparel um, that are kind of rooted in California. Also, it's Supima cotton, which is kind of the high end cotton that's grown in California, only 1% of, of, uh, of cotton is this kind of longer strand cotton, which makes it really soft. Um, each shirt, which I'm happy to talk about later on, but are sort of inspired by each of the towns. Um, and we tried to um, honor, honor what they stand for with, with the designs and how they're, they're manufactured. So I wanna dig into that a little bit. So tell us a little bit about each of those cities and its uniqueness. I mean, Casterville being, uh, you know, being artichokes has its own unique history too, right? It does. So Castroville, <laughs> of the five towns, Castroville is closest to the sea. So we were kind of thinking, when we were thinking of the color, each shirt also has its own special dye that is inspired by something of that particular community. So Castroville, for example, is close to the ocean and the Monterey Peninsula is kind of foggy and cool and it's kind of got those cool blues, blue grays. So that's kind of the color of the shirt. What most people don't know also is that Marilyn Monroe, before she was Marilyn Monroe, Norma Jean, um, she was the city's, uh, the town's first artichoke queen. Uh, 
and <laughs> there are photos of you know, pre Marilyn Monroe. Is that a compliment or what? It is. She, compliment. She's complex. So many layers. So many layers. <laughs> you go to our Instagram and you check out. You check out some of the images of her. It's, it's, she's. It's quite cool because, you know, she's just this very young woman in the local newspaper, and so the the winner's sash that she's wearing that says, you know, Castroville Artichoke Queen. The lettering on our shirt is kind of inspired by that winner's sash. So there's the colors, there's the graphic, um, the the uh, each of the vegetables, which I'll talk about later on. Is is uh, we worked with a local artist. Um, so each of the shirts kind of encompasses these different elements of that particular community. Well, it's funny you say Castroville because I had a friend who lived in San Francisco for a while, and one time we were talking, he said they just recently drove by the artichoke capital of the United States. And I thought to myself, that was the funniest thing, the funniest way to describe any sitter that I've, I've ever seen. And then I was in Sweden and I went to this restaurant where they served an artichoke heart, which I love to peel and dip in the butter. It was the size of my head, literally. And I realized, okay, maybe there's something to be said for sourcing at, you know, buying your artichokes at the source, the capital as it were. So I just thought that was so funny. I never thought of a town being um, advertised that way, but clearly a lot of towns have that nomenclature. They do, and you know, speaking of speaking of that, another another little local claim to fame was when I was in high school. I was on Wheel of Fortune, all right, and I was the team champion of Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> and Alex, I think you know this story, but I actually, when I was auditioning for the show, I said I was from Salinas, the lettuce capital of the world, and people just laughed and they thought that was funny, but it's it's true, you know. And so there's. So what I first started doing when I was designing this company is I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go and try to trademark these. Are they, are they, are they used? Or are they not used? And I just got really lucky. And over a couple of years, some of them were trademarked and then they expired. I was able to, to grab them. So Gilroy, you know, garlic, Watsonville, strawberries, all of them, I was able to trademark those to, to use on, on apparel. How does that work between your company and the town? Do you have to get permission from the town to be able to create the t-shirts? Are they are they excited about you coming to the town and how you can help them put themselves on the map or how does yeah, that work? It's it's all relatively new, but the feedback so far has been has been really great and and people like the the uh, they like the shirts and the designs and you know the you know another sort of like Salinas for example, the green of it is inspired by the uh, the first edition of John Steinbeck's East of Eden. So and there's a Steinbeck Center in Salinas uh, that sort of honors John Steinbeck and his literary heritage. There's there's Watsonville, which is the strawberry capital, which is you know a really big family community. There are beautiful murals throughout that town, with which artists have have um, designed that are all inspired by different crates that used to cart produce over the decades. And so there are these amazing murals. And so we chose colors from some of those murals, the reds, the orangey reds to become the, the color of the dye of the Watsonville shirts. So hopefully people like them, you know, um, and uh, we'll see as they get as they get out there more. So, okay, so tell us a little bit about, so we have Watsonville, <clears throat> we've got Castroville, uh, then you've got Greenfield, which is the broccoli cap. So I, broccoli, for example, I, I love broccoli, but you know, broccoli has lost its place um, in, in the salad bowl of America in recent years because kale <laughs> just took its place, right? As um, a superfood, right? I mean, so I, I, I want to I dig into to, to broccoli for a second, but I also want to talk about this competing notion of the salad bowl and the bread basket, you know, of America, and you know, and all the places that that are homegrown that that were once 
very popular dishes that may have not no longer been so because of the times. I mean, what is happening in 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 these cities now that uh, people are eating healthier? Uh, are these cities thriving to a certain extent, or, or what's going on with with um, with with these small towns related to uh, consumption and behavior in America? Where are we going with this? Well, it's a good question, and I'm not an expert in agriculture, but I will say firstly about Greenfield, it was sort of serendipitous that I always thought the town was named after these, you know, verdant kind of green fields where they were growing these vegetables. It's not. It was actually named after Edward Greenfield, who actually helped found the town, you know, decades ago. Um, and, you know, no one, you, you know, broccoli always is, is a special. <laughs> actually, the broccoli shirt is one of my Mayor favorite. Broccoli? Exactly. Each of the shirts on the back of it, kind of the lower part of your, I guess it would be on the lower part of your left backside, there's the embroidered uh, version of the broccoli or the lettuce, the vegetables embroidered on the back of the shirt, which kind of matches the graphic on the front. But from what I do know, Alex, about agriculture is that they've shifted, that spinach was all the rage for, for quite a while. And so a lot of the lettuce fields and a lot of different areas there, they, they, they started growing spinach, you know? And then I think with prepackaged foods, you know, there are big, big agricultural companies that are based in that area that, you know, were putting lettuce in a bag or salad in a bag, and they've commodified this idea of, of making it easy and making it accessible, which hopefully helps people who, you know, want to eat healthily um, to access. Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny if you Google broccoli capital of the world, I think you get China. <laughs> but yeah, when you think about it, like I, there's a lot of really great, great stories there. But I think, um, you know, for example, uh, cauliflower, right? Um, yeah, cauliflower is, I think that's, um, uh, I think, where does cauliflower come from? Margaretville? The ground? Okay. But I'd say, I mean, if you really think about it, there's a lot of really great cities um, or little towns in America that are known for great produce. And I think by, by you putting them on the map, or at least contributing to allowing more people in America to know where these you know where these where this where this produce came from is tremendous, and I think that uh, you know there's probably a lot of towns in in the United States that have similar stories and similar histories that most people just know nothing about. That's right. Well, you think about this particular area, and I think probably of these five that we selected, and I I worked on this project. You know, this was just kind of a fun creative side hustle, all <laughs> an idea that I had always talked about doing and never did. You know. And, and, uh, and so I, I worked on it with my youngest daughter, Imogen. And so she was involved in kind of the creative process and she has great style. And, and it was a really fun project that we, that we could work on together. But of these five cities, I think Gilroy Garlic is probably the most known and probably because of their garlic festival that they have every year, which is this, you know, sadly there was the tragedy of the, the gun violence last year where people were, were killed actually at the Gilroy Garlic Festival. So that, you know, was a very um, difficult time in the city's history. Um, but historically, this garlic festival is a time of celebration and, and you know, everything from garlic ice cream to, you know, anything you can imagine that they incorporate garlic into and it's a big celebration. And so, you know, I kind of look at these, this apparel company as kind of honoring and celebrating, you know, I think they're already on the map, you know, I'm trying to just sort of, you know, I was inspired by growing up there and loving it there and loving to return. So uh, that's kind of the identity behind the company. 
Well, you know, both of you brought up such a great point. We've discussed on this podcast in the past <clears throat> the migration going on between big cities to suburbia for a variety of reasons. And there are so many small towns, great small towns, that provide everything that people are looking for, whether it's affordable housing, good schools, low crime, you know, an engaged community. Um, and yet you never, you never hear about them. It's kind of like the little great restaurant in your town that you never heard about until somebody went there that you know and tells you what a great find it is and after that you want to go there all the time because it's good quality it's not too expensive they treat you well etc etc so i would imagine the chamber of conference commerce at these cities are probably really happy and excited to see uh the efforts that you're making on their behalf thank you i, I hope so i hope so you know the idea is that we'll see we'll see where it goes we just started with these five t-shirts the next thing that we want to do are our um aprons with just the embroidered vegetables and maybe like a baby onesie, but it's really keeping it small and 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 hopefully doing it really, really well. The, um, you know, we have a couple of great collaborators that uh, there's a, an, an amazing little uh, store in um, in Long Beach called the Academy. And there's this this designer, this young guy named Vizal. He goes by Sam, his last name is Sam. Ring. And I loved his t-shirts. I mean, they, they were expensive, but they were, they lasted a really long time, beautifully tailored, beautifully made. And so when I started talking about this idea, he was a wonderful friend who really just helped teach me about the process and his own process and helped hook me up with this responsible factory that he works with in downtown Los Angeles. And each of the shirts are kind of based on a, like a 70s, almost surfer classic cut, um, a little bit longer, a little bit, a little bit, um, a little bit roomier. Um, and they're based on his designs. Um, he's a he's a, a really talented a really talented uh, tailor. And then the artist that we worked with, uh, her name is Ariel Mar. And and in this area, if you're driving through these towns, you'll see in the fields these giant plywood murals. And there's an artist named John Cerny who does really well building these these artworks in the fields. They could be of someone playing music or of, of the farm workers or of the farmer or someone on a tractor. And they've kind of become famous in this community. So I'd reached out to John years ago saying, God, I wonder if he'd ever wanna, you know, help me out and come up with designs for these. He's, he's, he's famous, he's a well-known guy. And he immediately wrote me back and said, I think your idea is really cool. He said, I, I it's not something that I have the time to be able to do, but you might wanna meet this woman named Ariel Marr. He said, I've worked with her before. She's a wonderful young artist. And I reached out to her and it just so happened that she's from Salinas. She's now designing a lot of projects and, and as a really great graphic designer. So it was cool to work with these different people that had roots in these communities. And, um, and so Ariel helped design all the graphics and actually drew the vegetables and worked with the embroiderer on, on, on those elements. So they're, it's kind of grown in California, manufactured in California, designed by people and collaborators, you know, from, from the area. Well, it's interesting, um, you know, uh, I was told that when you drive nearby Gilroy, you can smell the garlic. So do you think when you meet somebody and they go, I'm from Gilroy, is, it, is the right response is, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, having driven through that community many, many times, I would take that as a compliment because you're right. It's like those memories you talked about of, of that you remember. Um, and it is, it's just, you can, at certain times of the year, you can drive through there and you actually smell um, the garlic. And, you know, but even, even driving through these communities when, you know, even like the earthy smells and, and, um, and kind of the, the, you know, just that whole area is so, um, 
you know, um, rich in, in, um, in, in what they're doing, that it, it sort of feeds all of the, all of the uh, senses. So, so I'm going to come up with some ideas for you. So are you, are you exclusive to California or do you, do you look at all at, at cities around or towns around the country? I don't know. You know, with Alex Norman investments behind our expansion. <laughs> <laughs> I have about $8 and wait, million. Alex, Alex just signed off. <laughs> I'm glad you're still on, Jamie. Alex, hello? Hello? <laughs> so, the, you know, so because I have some ideas, right? I mean, I think because I, I love to see this going and in, in just in California. I mean, there's a bunch of towns that have that are known for stuff that live in the salad. Right. And um, one of them is like Fallbrook for avocados. And I and I and who doesn't love avocado? I mean, I think, you know, millennials today, you know, made avocados famous for avocado toast. But I think avocados have always been in our lives. And what was unique about it, um, it was it was always a seasonal fruit or vegetable. It's, 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 It's a fruit. It's a fruit. It's actually yeah, it's a fruit. It has a seed. I think it's weirdly like a, you know, like a tomato. It's a fruit because it has seeds. Exactly. So as a matter of fact, the issue used to be called an allig- alligator pear, I think it was called. But needless to say, love avocados. Everyone does. But that's another city in California that's it's known for. Of course, it's, you know, um, a Haas avocado now is everywhere in, in Mexico and in Colombia. But that's a whole other story. And the Netflix show. But when I look at across the country, and I'm personally from New Jersey, so I think of the Garden State, and it's odd how there used to be a time when each state in America was known for something. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm you know the Sunshine State, the Garden State. I don't know what California is, the, the Republic Granite State. Yeah. <laughs> right. So they're known for something, and I feel like we, you know, in, in a way, your company is bringing that idea back, but in a very in merchandise, in a commercial sort of way, but that, but there's a, there is conscious commerce associated with it, right? So you buy something, you pay money, and you get much more than a shirt. You get to give back and like good stuff. So I'd like to think about your business as a tipping point to um, town awareness, to to the to the transformation of the American heartland and the awareness of the things that matter um, in the places that are tiny uh, in some cases. Um, and maybe now that people are li- looking at um, living other places outside the big cities because of the pandemic, maybe those those little stories are what matters most. Is New York the taxes state? Is that, is that... <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted. Go ahead, Lance. But you can't eat it. You can't put it in the salad. <laughs> I think salad away from you. Uh, yeah, you know what? I think you're right, Alex. I think it is. It, 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 if there is a way to celebrate these communities and to your point Jamie about people and you know because of the state of the world so many people and because of like you know like this conversation we're having now and it's you know technology is such that people can work and live almost anywhere and so you do see people moving out of these big cities and establishing livelihoods in in these smaller communities and it's because they have a lot to offer from our perspective we would probably focus a little bit more on doing a few more items sort of inspired again by the salad bowl this particular area but I think it would be a great idea if Fallbrook did something specific about avocados or, you know, if we inspired somebody else to do something, it would be a great, you know, it would be, a, it would be really cool to, to kind of share that space and, and see where, see where it all grows together. Well, is weed a salad? Because uh, I'd like to know where the weed capital of the U.S. is. I mean, uh, 
Um, are you having a problem because every time you try to spell the name on the on the T-shirt, you guys are making mistakes, or what's going on with all that? Listen, that could happen, but you know we'd probably make a lot of money with that one. In fact, my daughter was just camping with her mom in Weed, California. I think it's California, and uh, and yeah, so I think that's one to definitely look into. That's like eighteen years and older to buy the T-shirt. Salads, your strawberries. Yeah, well, it's a different kind of bowl. <laughs> okay so you know, I, I mean I, I like that so that's kind of like you got the salad bowl you got the fruit bowl to go trademark something guys can you <laughs> believe me the, believe me we'll be spending a lot more on yeah, garlic when we're high yeah. well you know I look I think it's I think it's super fun to think about um uh, about the way in which um you know new business ideas can come from 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 you know, so big ideas can come come out of small towns, and and how we're thinking about how you're thinking about um, giving back and all that. You know, I, I just I love for me. You know, our listeners are from are come from all over, and we uh, have interest in in finding new ways to fought to break and unlock value uh, in uh, in real estate in various different places. And I think everyone looks for um, a way to make their towns and their locations special. And I think it, it allows us what you've presented and shared with us as a way for us to think about um, how to tell stories just differently and how to look underneath the surface to find those hidden gems. So I, I'm extremely excited about what you're doing with that. And so I have to ask uh, uh, one more question because I know that we go, you know, we go, you and I go back because I used to live in California for, um, for a number of years, love Long Beach. What's Long Beach known for? Long Beach, you know what? I am so grateful to live here now. Besides the ports? Well, you know, you do have the ports, which are really cool. And San Pedro, I love. San Pedro, which is just across the bridge. The bridges is a, is a really cool place. Long Beach is known for so many things. And I think that's why, you know, I was commuting to Burbank for decades. And people used to say, why don't you live closer? And then people would come visit in Long Beach and they would th then they'd realize how special it is. You know, we're, we're on the water, so there are beautiful beaches. Um, it's a big, you know, 500,000 plus city. So it's extremely diverse as well, which I think is one of the most diverse cities in the nation. Um, certainly in the top few, um, uh, maybe even like one or two, it's, it's super diverse, all these different communities. And then the city is broken up. You've got the East Village and downtown and Belmont Shore and Bixby Knolls and all of these different areas that just create a really cool place to live. So I love it. You know, I've, it's been a great place to raise kids so far and, and have a lot of great friends that have established businesses and, and live here. And, and um, so it's, 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 do, it's do you know, I think, I think what we're going to do um, once we, once we finish uh, the show, I want to try to reach out to the wheel of fortune and get that. You know what? Uh, I think I got to go. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Nice. Well, you know, wouldn't it be a my good? My voice hadn't changed yet. I was seventeen, and my voice I, hadn't even changed yet. You know, I'm thinking that would be a pretty good uh, question for Wheel of Fortune, right? I mean, uh, yeah. I, look, it's time for a tournament of champions. They need to bring me back so I can win a few more bucks. I mean, what what's the six letter word for the for the garlic capital of the world? I would nail it. I would Gilroy, man. I would. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, just don't make this stuff up. I mean, this is legit. I think this is seriously a comeback story of of uh, you know epic comeback stories. I would have guessed S M E L L S, but that's just me. But Lance, you made a very, very, very true point about Long Beach. When I first was exposed to L A, 
by a good friend of mine. He lived down in Manhattan Beach, Hermosa Beach. And my first uh, exposure to LA was that beach community. Vo that was when two men volleyball was just getting started. And nobody even knew anything about it, but they were already playing it on the beaches. And we drive into LA to go dancing or clubbing or to have, an, to have a, a meal in the city. But the truth was, my LA exposure was that South Bay exposure, right? And I think people, they may go to, to Santa Monica and feel like they're experiencing the beach of LA, but I think it's those Southern communities that really give you that feel of being embraced in a beach community. Would you agree? I would definitely agree. I would definitely agree. And then you've got Long Beach also has kind of the 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 kind of the urban downtown elements, which offer a whole other kind of uh, experience, which is great. A lot of incredible restaurants. You've got, you know, it's it's just a, it's a great place to live. It's I think it's also one of the most bikeable cities. You know, there was someone that uh, I think wrote a grant on behalf of the city and ended up getting several million dollars to build bike lanes. So there are incredible bike lanes throughout the entire city. It's a cool place. It's a very cool place to live. Well, it's interesting you bring up bike lanes. I'm curious because you're out there in LA. Obviously, during the pandemic, one thing that was resolved for all major cities was the traffic problem. Now, here in Miami, we completely forgot we had a traffic problem until we started reopening and we were rudely reminded. I would imagine LA, those freeways must have looked like one of those movies where they, it looks like it's the end of the world, a cop, apocalypse, excuse me, and there are no cars on the street. How quickly has that? come back or is that an issue in in LA right now it's back it is sadly back it is it was almost like overnight you know where you you try to go somewhere you're right you know six months ago if you needed to run an errand or, or pop out you know everyone was so so uh you know quarantined obviously for for very good reasons but you know to being on those streets it was almost a haunting kind of experience um but beautiful and really cool you know to be able to travel places in, in a much shorter time but it's back it's packed again. People are out and about and, and the roads are busy. Well, you know, that's happening everywhere in America to, to a certain extent. Whilst you have people getting back on the roads, you also had people in, in, some, in urban cities who would typically ride public transportation purchasing vehicles because they don't want to be close to others in public transportation. So, so a lot more cars on the road now than ever before. So who knows where that's going to take us? Um, definitely not to a good place. Um, but I think what's really interesting about it is that people are using those vehicles to, to go places. And, you know, instead of the getting on a plane, they're getting in their car and they're traveling and seeing America and seeing parts uh, of the countryside that they may not have seen otherwise. And what that's doing for small towns across America, main streets, uh, Madison avenues or whatever, Madison lanes, <laughs> Basically, um, is 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 create business and and putting money back into the community where it matters. And so I've heard many stories about what transformations are happening, and it's and it actually, you know, it's pretty pretty incredible. And so so the economic impact both of the pandemic and people's need to drive themselves out of the city and into small towns, and your business that it, that that is it, that is creating an awareness and. Telling great stories about unknown truths of townships around the country is incredible, and I think the trifecta will be amazing. And I think our listeners today will, you know, will really kind of dig into it and just and and love it, and, and definitely look up your company, the Salad Bowl Company, uh, Salad, so Salad Bowl Clothing Company, um, and and hopefully buy a couple of shirts um, and and help the communities across across California. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to thank you 
for giving both myself and Jamie and our listeners an opportunity to understand um, uh, those small towns that matter in America and what you are doing to help them. And I think you'll know you've succeeded when the Chamber of Commerce at these small towns calls up and goes, Lance, can you stop selling the t-shirts? We got a traffic situation now we can't handle. All I need to all I need to say is even though I get to see, I know this is audio, but next time I see you two, I need to see someone wearing a Gilroy shirt and someone need to be wearing a Castroville artichoke shirt. I mean, come on. Done. Done. That's it. Done. Be my right. pleasure. My pleasure I, to help the small towns. I'll happily uh, promote the podcast with uh, a picture of you two wearing a cool shirt. <laughs> Excellent. Listen, deal. Thank you. Thank you again, thanks. Lance, so much for coming on and for spending the time. And thank you for the efforts you're making to help these small towns. You know, a lot of people talk about ways to help and you can sit back and wait for someone to do something. And you've taken the initiative. And I think you've started a movement that really could be beneficial to towns all across the country. So thank you. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. You've been listening to The Real Estate Podcast. Give us a quick review and rating on iTunes. Check out our website at therealestate.co and let us know if there are any new topics you'd like to hear us address. We love hearing your feedback. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.